Hello, all you bookworms, and welcome to Oh, for the Love of Books, the show that gives tidbits of interesting facts about books and a bit of narration from the books I read. I'm your host, Jessica Vickery, and today we're going to talk about the different genres out there. Also, a little piece by Laurie Foster, A Perfect Storm. How many book genres are there? Well, it depends on who you ask. If you take subgenres into account, over on Read Z Discovery, they have 107 different categories, while Amazon has over 16,000. So the two main ones are fiction and nonfiction. And then a few of the fiction genres are things such as action adventure, YA, suspense, children's. Classic comic books, crime, coming of age, fairy tale, fantasy, graphic novels, historical fictions, horror, mystery, thriller, romance, paranormal romance, picture books, stories, uh, short stories, science fiction, quite a few actually. And then you have your nonfiction, which are Art and architecture, autobiography, crafts, hobbies, cookbooks, true crime, travel, sports and leisure, self-help, history, home and garden, humor, journal, math, memoirs, philosophy, religion, textbooks, true crime, review and science, and there's still more. But that's just to name a few. Then you also have a number of different subgenres. So you can be reading one book and it can be classified into a number of genres to help you determine what genre the book is. If you don't know or if you want to find out, you can look on the back of the title page of of an actual paper book and it will normally have a blurb that says, like, this is a work of fiction. And for audiobooks, you can, you know, pick the genre of book that you're looking for just search what the genre of such and such book is and there's a bunch of different ways to find out what genre book is and what they're all listed in but then on a a similar topic the book that I'm actually going to read to you um, is actually in a couple of genres and it's romance or contemporary romance and it's a fiction so now here's a piece of A Perfect Storm by Laurie Foster, the fourth book in the Men Who Walk the Edge of Honor series. She is another one of our our go-to authors. We've really enjoyed her books. They're fast-paced and they keep you interested. Uh, Warning, though, this is going to contain some sexual content. It's not going to be graphic or anything. It's just going to be like an insinuation and different things like that. So just a warning there. Arizona Storm sat quietly on the overstuffed chair, her chin resting on her drawn-up knees, her fingers laced together around her shins, waiting. In the quiet, shadowed room, she breathed in the unique aroma of aftershave and gun oil and the headier scent of warm mail. On the back of the chair behind her, he tossed his jeans and rumpled T-shirt, Close at hand on the nightstand, he'd placed his freshly cleaned gun and his deadly switchblade. His discarded boxers lay on the floor, 
He fascinated her. After breaking into his house, she removed her sneakers and put them next to his boots by the front door. The air conditioning, set on high, left her toes cold, but he'd covered himself with no more than a thin sheet. Again and again her gaze tracked over him from one big foot sticking out over the side of the bed, up and over his flat, solid abs covered by the snowy white sheet to his chest, not covered by anything except enticing body hair. With one arm behind his head, she saw his underarm and the dark tuff of hair there. Seeing that almost made him look vulnerable. Except that, despite his relaxed pose, the positioning of his long arm made a thick bicep bulge. At nearly six and a half feet tall, solidly built and finely sculpted, Spencer Lark was one of the biggest, strongest, most impressive men she had ever met. And she knew some really prime specimens. His long lashes shadowed his high cheekbones, but that didn't detract from the bruising beneath one eye. A recent fight? She smiled while picturing it, sure that Spencer had come out ahead. His skill at fighting intrigued her even more than his big bod. Amazing, but even his slightly crooked nose held her wrapped. When and how had he broken it? She inhaled a deep breath and let it out in a quiet sigh that, given the silence in his home and Spencer's acute instincts, disturbed his slumber. Arizona admitted to herself that maybe she wanted to wake him. After all, she'd been watching him and waiting for a while now. His head turned on the pillow. His legs shifted. Holding herself perfectly still, she waited to see if he'd awaken, what he'd do, what he'd say. She didn't know him all that well, and yet she did. Sort of. They'd met nearly a month ago while they were both on a sting. Immediately, they'd butted heads, and he'd infuriated her by interfering with her life. But worse, he robbed her of the revenge she desperately craved. Sure, he had his own need for revenge, so she understood his motives. She didn't forgive him, not yet anyway. But she did understand. At least she thought she did. Once they'd talk it over, then she'd decide for sure. He made a soft, gravelly sound as he stretched that long, strong body. His chin tucked in, muscles flexed. The sheet tented. Eyes widening, Arizona stared. Not really alarmed, but no longer so at ease either. She had a very dark history with aroused men, so she doubted she'd ever be unaffected by them. But she didn't let it get in her way. Not when she wanted something. Not when she had a goal in mind. She knew she should have taken Spencer's gun, at the very least moved it out of his reach, but instead... She found him in bed, and before she'd even thought it through, she'd taken the empty seat and settled in to study him while he slept. Since that fateful day when her destiny had been stolen from her, she'd seen him only a handful of times. She tried to stay away. She tried to forget about him. 
she hadn't been successful. Stretching, he brought his hand out from behind his head, around to rub over his hair, across his face, down his chest. As he gave a sleepy, growling groan of waking, the hand disappeared under the sheet. Arizona's lips parted and her heartbeat tripped up. She cleared her throat. Spence? Freezing without moving any other body part, he opened his eyes and met her gaze. She frowned at him. He didn't look super startled and he said nothing. He just stared at her. With his hand still under there. Yeah, semi-satisfied with his frozen reaction, she nodded at his lap. You weren't going for a little tug, were you? Because as your spectator, I'd just as soon not see it. He brought his hand out and put it back behind his head, still silent, still watching her, almost relaxed. His gaze was so dark, so compelling. She felt like squirming, damn it. I mean, I guess I could wait in the other room if it's really necessary. That is, if you don't take too long. He disappointed her by not reacting, as if he'd often woke with an uninvited woman playing voyeur in his bedroom. He looked her over from her bare toes up to her long, wind-tangled hair. Been here long? Maybe half an hour or so. Curiosity prompted her to ask. Were you going to, you know? She nodded at his lap. Most men say hi to the boys first thing. Say hi? With no sign of discomfort, he shrugged one shoulder. You broke in. A statement, not a question. She did her own casual shrug. Since you're not dumb enough to leave the place unlocked, yeah, I had to. He turned his head, but not to check on the time. He saw the gun still on the nightstand where he'd left it and brought his gaze back to hers again. You know how to make coffee? One eyebrow lifted high. Trying to get me out of the room so you could leave the bed? I'm not squeamish, you know. I mean, with my background, I've seen plenty of... He threw off the sheet and sat up, effectively shutting down her snide retort. Oh, boy. If you don't know how to make coffee, just say so. Spencer stretched again, harder, longer this time. Sitting on the side of the bed, he snagged up his boxers and stepped into them. As he stood, he pulled them up. They fit like a glove. He still had a tent going, and she still stared. He picked up the gun and given away some trust issues, checked to make sure she hadn't unloaded it. Discovering she hadn't touched it at all, he nodded in satisfaction. As he passed her, he chucked her under the chin. It's called morning wood, little girl. No reason for alarm. Gun in hand, he went on past her into the bathroom. The door closed quietly behind him. Belatedly, Arizona got her mouth shut. Oh, how she hated when he called her little girl. As of today, she wasn't quite as young as he thought. And given her experiences, well, she hadn't felt like a kid in a very long time. Her brows snapped down and her spine stiffened. She would not let him get to her. Uh-uh, no way. This was her game. She would call the shots, and if anyone had to be tongue-tied, it'd be him. She shoved to her feet, but did not stop. 
excess of emotion gave away too much. She didn't want him to know how he affected her. At the bathroom door, voice cold and collected, she stated, I'll be in the kitchen. Minutes later, just to prove a point, she went about making coffee. Spencer stood with his hands braced on the porcelain sink, his head hanging, his muscles twitchy. What the hell? Sure, he knew Arizona Storm was a reckless, impetuous, headstrong girl. He'd figured that out in the first few seconds of her acquaintance. But breaking and entering? Why the hell had she sat there watching him sleep? He felt... violated. Angry. He felt extreme pity. For her. Damn, but he didn't want her. Not in his house, not in his head. He could control the first. Hadn't had much luck controlling the second. Not trusting her to respect his privacy, knowing damn good and well she would snoop without remorse, he gave up the idea of a shower and shave and instead rushed through brushing his teeth, splashing his face and finger-combing his hair. Since she wasn't in his bedroom anymore, he took the time to pull on jeans, but rather than mess with the holster, he just stuck the gun in his waistband. He grabbed up his knife, opened it, closed it again, and slid it into his pocket. Barefoot and shirtless, he went in search of Arizona. And he had to admit, anticipation chased away the cobwebs of old memories and lack of sleep. Seeing her slumped in a kitchen chair, arms crossed, one foot hooked behind a chair leg, jolted his senses even more. God almighty, she was beautiful. Slim, long-legged, and generously stacked, with a face like a wet dream. Arizona would turn heads wherever she went. Dark, wavy hair hung down her back, usually in disarray. Honey-colored skin seemed in direct contrast with light blue, heavily lashed eyes. A full mouth, a strong chin, high cheekbones. He wondered at the mixed heritage that had produced such a dream. As he stood unnoticed in the doorway, she chewed her thumbnail. Arizona didn't wear makeup or polish her nails or do much of anything to enhance her looks. And she didn't need to. She could wear a burlap and men would burn for her. Nervous? She went still before affecting a bored expression and swiveling her head to face him. Do you always sleep till noon? When I've been up all night, yes. He made a beeline for the coffee pot, but didn't thank her for making it. After all, she'd come in uninvited. You want a cup? If you have sugar and milk, creamer. He poured two cups and set them on the table, then got the creamer from the fridge. The sugar bowl sat in the middle of the table, framed by salt and pepper shakers. Like many of the things in his kitchen, they resembled cows in one way or another. His wife had bought the novelty items years ago. While blowing on the hot coffee, Spencer ruthlessly squished bad memories. Arizona loaded her coffee with two heaping spoonfuls of sugar and liberal splash of the cream. He watched her lush mouth as she sipped, sipped again. Shaking himself, he took a drink and nearly choked. Strong enough to peel the lining from his throat, it was the worst coffee he had ever tasted. Arizona didn't seem to notice, though, so he manned up and drank without complaint. The overdose of caffeine would do him good. 
Silence dragged out while they each gave attention to their coffee. He wouldn't be the first to break. Finally, she eyed him. How come you were out so late? Carousing? Actually, he needed to expend some energy for reasons he wouldn't yet examine too closely. Shrugging, he said. I hit up a bar, found a little trouble. He looked at her. You know how it is, right? To his disgruntlement, she nodded. Yeah, I did the same, but I fared better than you. Her mouth quirked in a small grin and she winked. No black eye. Had she really been in a bar? Looking for trouble? Again? He didn't need to defend himself. Not to her, but still he said. You should see the other three guys. Yeah? Only three? Tisking, she let her gaze drift over him. Any other bruises? No. She propped her chin on her fist. One lucky punch, huh? Did she have to appear so amused by idiotic drinking and brawling? Something like that. Actually, it was a thrown chair that had caught him, but whatever. He wouldn't encourage her with details. So tell me, little girl, what were you doing in a bar? She looked away with one finger she traced along the top of her coffee cup. Sometimes, she said low, her voice almost whimsical. I just need a distraction. His chest tightened. He waited to see if she'd elaborate. If she'd share details of her tragic background spent with human traffickers. She had a need to even the score with people already dead. The monsters who had hurt her badly. Suddenly she leaned forward. Can you keep a secret? Damn, he didn't want to play these games. Depends. She scowled. On what? On whether or not keeping it is in your best interest? Sitting back in irritation, she demanded, Why does that concern you? He countered with, Why do you want to tell me? For long moments, they stared at each other, and then she broke. Fuck it. I don't. Not anymore. After downing the rest of her coffee, she scraped back her chair. I'm out of here. Spencer caught her wrist, and of course, that got her going. Quick temper and a boulder-sized chip on her shoulder had her swinging a fist. He dodged it, but she kicked and caught him in the shin. Luckily, she didn't wear shoes, so it didn't hurt much. In the ensuing scuffle, his coffee cup hit the floor and broke. Given they were both barefoot, he did the expedient thing and tossed her over his shoulder, clamping a hand over her thighs, he warned. Bite me and I swear to God, you won't like the consequences. Rather than struggle, she braced her elbows on his back. You've threatened me before. Because you've attacked me before. Stepping over and around the mess on the floor, he went into the hallway, then figured, what the hell, and went into the living room. He dumped her on the couch. She bounced right back off again. Another scuffle and damn it, it was too early and he was too tired to put up with it. Arizona! He locked her in close and a now familiar hold, at least with her. Keeping her back to his chest, her arms pinned down, he squeezed her tight enough to steal her breath. 
Knock it off already, will you? Her head dropped back against his chest so she could glare at him. He waited, refusing to relent, driven by God knew what. She gave one sharp nod. Spencer opened his arms but quickly stepped back out of her reach. Okay? Screw you. So much animosity, so much rage at the world. She'd never admit it, but Arizona needed a friend, a confidant. And if it put him through hell, well, so what? He'd been in hell for a while now. You came to me, remember? And now I'm trying to leave. His head pounded. If she walked out now, he'd spend the rest of the day worrying about her. Or following her. He worked his jaw, then said, I'll keep your secret. What is it? Oh, aren't you the generous one? He sighed. The sneer is unappealing. Just tell me what it is. The narrowing of her eyes emphasized the pale, bright blue color and the thickness of her long, inky lashes. She drew two deep breaths, making it tough for him to keep his attention off her chest. It's my birthday. Huh. Of all the things he had imagined, that wasn't one of them. It wasn't even one of the top 50. Well, if you want to hear more, you'll have to grab the book or the audiobook. This is such a great series. It has you on the edge of your seat with suspense and laughing out loud at times with a little bit of tears thrown in. This book is number four in the Men of Honor series. As part of an elite team of professional mercenaries with far-reaching connections, the Men of Honor work to save innocents, doing whatever it takes. It's all part of the job until love gets involved. I recommend starting with When You Dare, book number one. Well, that concludes my episode for today. I want to thank you all who have taken the time from your day to listen to me talk. I hope you found the information I gave you interesting. For those who are interested, next week's podcast is going to be about weirdest book bindings. If you like my podcast, subscribe to my show, or please send me an email to jessvicvoice at outlook.com. That's J-E-S-S-V-I-C-V-O-I-C-E at outlook.com with your thoughts and questions. I'd love to read some out on the show. Thank you again, and please join me next week on Oh for the Love of Books. And as always, dream big and keep reading.